0: What's up, it's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light,
1: take time to chill. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Sports. From State Street and the First Midwest Bank Studio, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. WMVP Chicago, go! Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow us on the grab at igjhood and at ESPN underscore Chicago.
2: ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen.
0: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us as we continue our coverage and our look at the um, killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. We turn to activist Jamal Cole from My Block, My Hood, My City. As we have our conversation, go to formyblock.org, that's formyblock.org, and we'll explain why as we move forward here on the show and our conversation. Jamal, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time.
3: No doubt, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Jamal, I just want to just reach out to you and just um, find out how you are doing personally. Um, this is affecting uh, all of us, uh, The George Floyd, from coast to coast and definitely in, in our city. Um, I want to go back and get your initial reaction to the George Floyd murder that we saw in Minneapolis. When you first saw the video and knew the story, what was your initial reaction?
3: Um, I was disgusted. Uh, it's not regular that a police officer can... his knee on someone's neck uh the guy screams out he can't breathe 14 times and and they they kill a man on national tv with his hand in his pocket and a grin on his face and other people watching that happen i thought it's not normal police officers are empowered to feel like um doing something like that is okay uh it's not normal but there's a blue coat of silence uh this is it's not regular that's how i felt man i was outraged i'm tired i'm tired of all these hashtags every week
0: Oh, it happens, it's, it's all the time and I just, to me Jamal, when I'm watching what's happening in our city and just watching the national coverage, I'm like, okay, this is hitting a little bit differently where definitely there's a lot of people that are, are unhappy and, and pissed off about what's been going on, so I'm seeing these protests in all 50 states how how differently do you think this is from others, from other uh, black people, men and women that have been um, abused by police?
3: Um you know what, man, it's, it's a domino effect. Um, you know, uh, we, we're we outraged. We're tired, man. We wore a hoodie for Trayvon. We took a knee for Philando. We held our breath for Eric. You know, we walked for Laquan, cried for Betty Jones, of course, Hanoi Greer. You know, we're tired of all these slogans. I'm tired of running around in circles metaphorically. Enough is enough. There's a real problem in this country. Right? It's, it's dangerous if you're black. Uh, the darker you are, the real your problems are and um and and i know students in my program are starting to notice so uh we we are um it's a domino effect and and we're we're tired of it man so stop the deal is really simple you know you stop um you know you should stop killing people you know i don't i don't know how even the deal is it can't get any more simple stop killing us and hold authority accountable then people won't protest the institutional murder and oppression of black people by authority
0: Jamal Cole from uh, my block my hood my city again the website is formyblock.org uh joins me Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app Jamal when you talk to to young people especially for stories like this because this is not a one off this has been going on for for generations for decades what what is the impression that young people have when you talk to them about this stories like this
3: well um first of all you know I just don't want to be um when it, when it comes to when it comes to to talking to young people we want to be empathetic you know a lot of people right now are saying they're devaluing how they feel they're saying hey i know how you feel but don't do this or i know how you feel but don't do that you know i don't want to do that i want to say i know how you feel and i don't i think it's ways that we can resist constructively like uh, destroying uh, and looting in your own communities that's not that's not uh, I'm not for that i'm for riots. i'm for protesting but i'm not for destroying um, businesses and communities that have already been divested from. You are you are just, you are looting in mom and pop shops. That's the poor football and basketball teams. You're looting in from mom and pop shops that actually pay for newsletters for social impact organizations and block clubs, you're taken from mom and pop organizations that donate water to schools that don't got no air conditioning. Right? You, don't, you don't do that type of stuff to your own community. So I, I want the, the, the students that here to know that I agree with the protests, I agree with the riots, I don't agree with busting stuff up in your own communities.
0: Jamal, um, you've been in press conferences with Governor Pritzker and Cook County Board President uh, Tony Preckwinkle as well as Mayor Lightfoot. What is the message that they are sending when you have conversations? Because you're you're able to be able to be a conduit to us to hear what they're saying. So what is what, what is the conversations that you all are having?
3: You know they they are they're they're hurting just like everybody else, man. They they are they, sometimes in leadership, man. You don't know what to do. I'm not saying that that um that anybody would ever be as vulnerable as I'm being right now, but I'm just saying like being a leader it doesn't mean that you have all the answers. You have to ask a lot of questions, which they're doing. You have to seek to understand you got to move forward when it's uncertain. You are certain you got to move forward. So um, I think being uh, um, I think the real power was with the people and has always been. So I think that they uh, they the superintendent realized that the police force needs better relationships between communities and police officers. Um, I think the mayor understands that a lot of young people don't watch the news. Right. A lot of young you have to meet young people where they're at. And now I think they're really starting to realize that you can't just tell kids what to do and not give them options of things to do, you know?
0: living on the southeast side living in south shore jamal I, I saw so many local area businesses as you mentioned those businesses that have been around for a long time they, they might be small but it, it's everything to the people that own those businesses i'm not talking about big box stores or talking about pharmacies i'm just talking about these small places even lounges that have been in our community for a long time just wondering how how we can be able to get to the next step and be able to recover from all this
3: well um You know, small businesses that have been um, decimated and looted, they can reach out to us at ForMyBlog.org. We have a small business relief fund. We want to funnel volunteers to you. We want to funnel people that want to help you rebuild your businesses. So go right to our homepage or our website, uh, ForMyBlog.org, and sign up. So far, 49 businesses have reached out that need support, and we want to help.
0: You talked about earlier a woman uh, that you were encountered that has uh, multiple kids that's having a tough time. Can you relate that story to our listeners?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I was saying that there's a, um, there's a mom in our city that's on a block in the house, and you know, she has four kids, uh, you know, a 15-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-month-old. Uh, she had a full-time job at the gas station down the block uh, because the manager let her bring her 3-month-old to work. She couldn't afford daycare. Um, she got paid $500 every two weeks because that's what the gas station said was in the budget. Uh, her rent was $800 a month. Her light bills $40 a month. Her gas bill is $100 a month. Because she lives in a house, her water bill is $100 a month and her phone bill is $100 a month. Uh, she only get paid $1,000 a month. You know, but the rent plus the lights and the gas and the water and the phone, man, that's $1,140. And that's not including the daily hiccups like throw at you. Now, she doesn't have a job anymore because her gas station was, uh, was decimated. On 83rd. Uh, and now, um, Jamie, her 15-year-old, He's selling drugs now because he has to go to the corner store and the guys that are out front they offer him a job and he want to take care of his family But so what is he supposed to do and so uh, I think that a lot of times um um when you're when you're destroying business in your own community you got to think about the families that you're destroying um it's hard to start a business too so you're destroying somebody's dreams as well you know what I mean
0: yeah um you know it's it, we get this all the time especially over the last okay. seventy two hours jamal somebody always comes to me and asks like you know, what can I do? What can I do? And I always refer to people from your fifteen words. Can you tell people those fifteen words of things that they can do?
3: Yeah, so the fifteen words are, you know, a lot of times we want to blame big city government for everything and saying the city's messed up, the weather's messed up, blah blah. Listen, if you want to be a community organizer or a leader in your city or in your block or in your neighborhood, ask yourself, What's something simple that I can do? That'll have a positive impact on my block. This is 15 words, man. What's something simple I can do that'll have a positive impact on my block? Can you get uh, a broom out in the the dustpan and go shovel some businesses that have been decimated by the looting? Can you uh, connect, um, can you write a letter to an employee that might be feeling down? Can you make a care packet for a senior? Can you organize a, you know, there's 16 houses on one side of the street and 19 houses on one other side of the street. Can you set up a block club meeting just to check in? Can you call? I mean, what's something simple you can do to make a difference? You don't always have to go right to changing policies. You know, you can start where you're at. And if you start with the simple things, um, you can create the muscle it takes to take on bigger challenges.
0: Uh, I'd almost put that on the same level as voting. Wouldn't you?
3: Agree, man. I mean, hey, you know, uh, um, you. It, it, I think it's important, man. We it takes a. Uh, uh, I, I think it's very important. We were asking people that question recently. I think I think it's a both. I don't think it's like an and or, but I think it's a both. If you were out looting and stealing Nikes, make sure you wear those Nike shoes when it's come time to vote. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you was out, you know, you got you some. Uh, you stole, you broke into a Gucci store, you got you a purse. Make sure you realize. Make sure you learn how to create an agenda and uh and put that agenda inside that purse with some list of demands and bring that to the next school board meeting, right? We need to learn there's a, there's a big difference between um, a mobilizing and an organizing, and a lot of people want to be um, – you don't want to be organizers. They want to be you know armchair activists and show up at the rallies and, and without following any leads. So that's not, that's not intelligent.
0: Again, the website is uh, formyblock.org uh, for the small business relief fund uh, I gave. We ask you to give as well for uh, My Block, My Hood, My City. Jamal, I'm glad you spent some time with us. We hope to get a chance to talk to you again on the show.
3: Anytime, bro. I appreciate you having me. You
0: have a good one, man. Stay safe. Absolutely. It's Jamal Cole from My Block, My Hood, My City with Jonathan Hood. Under the Hood on ESPN
1: 1000. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
3: You're listening to Under the Hood.
1: Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today.
2: This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
0: Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday uh, comes your way at uh, 930. Right here on ESPN 1000, if you're a wrestling fan or know of one, tell them to check out the show. We will hear from Moose, the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, part of the Impact Wrestling crew that's on Access TV every Tuesday night. We'll hear from Moose, former NFL player, and uh, had had a really interesting transition from being a football player with Atlanta, the Colts, as an uh, offensive lineman, to the ring as a professional wrestler. So we'll hear from Moose and get his thoughts uh, about his career and that change from the NFL to wrestling coming up. As we do uh, have Wrestling Conversation every Tuesday night at 9.30 or thereabouts right here on ESPN 1000. Also, by the way, on the ESPN Chicago app, uh, we you can always... If you have not done so, download the ESPN Chicago app. You can listen to the shows live and check out the podcast for all the shows here on the station, including Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, this show that airs weeknights at 7, and Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday as well. It has its own section on the app. So, again, if you're a wrestling fan or even if you're not and you know of someone that is, make sure that they check out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We always have a lot of fun with that every Tuesday night with uh, bonus content on there as well. So... Sean Davis, yes, sir. You, know, you know Vic Fangio is still beloved in Chicago as a former defensive coordinator. Great job uh,
4: as a defensive coordinator.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if there are still Bears fans now that will tell you that Vic Fangio, uh, that there was slippage in the defense because Fangio was not there. And there's no shot at Chuck Pagano, but just some people really like Vic Fangio in the job as a defensive coordinator for the Bears. But now <laughs> Fangio is the head coach for the Denver Broncos and everyone has been asked and given their opinion on the death of george floyd or racism or issues that are on the front burner in our country right now uh some thoughts now from vic fangio on those issues
5: i think our problems in the nfl along those lines are minimal Um, we're a league of uh, meritocracy you you earn what you get you get what you earn um i don't see um racism at all in the nfl i don't see discrimination in the nfl you know we live in a great atmosphere like i alluded to earlier we're lucky we we all live together joined as one for one common goal and we all intermingle and mix tremendously you know if uh, Society reflected an NFL team; we'd all be great.
1: So,
0: thoughts there from Vic Fangio. All right, no discrimination in the NFL. Well, how about this, Sean? I will I will speak for Vic Fangio, and you'll speak for what's right.
4: Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay.
0: All right. So, Vic Fangio, from his years in the NFL, believes that he has, does not see racism because football is about being together that if you're black or white that you are playing for one common goal and that is to be uh, a champion to play for one another because that's what a team does and the best teams that play for one another are those that are able to get to a championship and so from his standpoint as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach he's the guy that just sees t- um the, the, the bond, the kinship between players, he doesn't see, he's never seen racism in his locker room. He's never seen the divide in his locker room. Usually for him, he's just seen players come together for one
4: common goal. Exhibit A, Richard Incognito, the likes of Bill Romanowski, that use words that could be considered prejudice, racist, and also went ahead and spit in a man's face on a football field. And I'll throw the decade old, multiple decade old thoughts on black quarterbacks not being able to handle the pressure of the position itself. We're just coming out of the residue of that, just coming out of the residue of that. And it's only because of the elite talent at that position by our young African-American quarterbacks that we've been able to even prove recently that that needs to go away, things uttered by the likes of Bill Polian. Yeah,
0: but, uh, you know, in his locker room, he hasn't seen any kind of racism in the NFL. He He says, I don't see racism at all in the NFL. He doesn't see it at all. So those situations you're talking about has never been in his locker room. So you
4: can't say that there is racism because he's never seen it at all. Well, if he hasn't seen it in the locker room, we definitely see it or see through it, shall I say, in the boardroom. When you have the owners in the NFL that have to make up a silly rule of draft picks just to get people that are worthy of a position and an interview that are minorities, whether it be black, female, Latino, whatever the minority is, these people are being denied positions and opportunities in the NFL by the owners. And the fact that they would go to the limp to make up such a silly rule or even think about penalizing or giving teams extra draft picks if they went ahead and gave minorities these type of opportunities. If that doesn't reek of racism or prejudicial, or prejudicial system existing in the NFL, I don't know what else to tell you. Hood.
0: Well, look, you know, from his standpoint, from him, you know, being a, a defensive coordinator and as a head coach, You know, his focus is on the football team and no one, no players ever come to him and said there was any racial divide or issues in his locker room. So he doesn't see it on the teams like the Bears and all the other teams he's been with, including his his, uh, current Broncos team. uh, He doesn't see any racism
4: at all. Whatever happens in the locker room stays in the locker room (laughs) unless Robbie Gould is your kicker.
0: I I can't even I I I'd rather play devil's advocate and I I you couldn't can't, even do it with a straight face. I can't do it. Yeah. I tried. I tried. I tried to give you the other side of it because Vic says he doesn't he doesn't see racism. Okay. Um that is the equivalent of saying I don't see color. Well, you don't see color that means you don't see uh then you're not interested in my past or you're not interested in our history. You know, and our meaning, no matter what race, creed or color that you are, no matter what your background is to say, I don't see, I don't see color or I don't see, uh, your background. That means you're not interested. Okay, cool. So, um, I-, I am just appalled Davis at how stupid and how willfully blind to racism and prejudice, um, that Fangio does not see in the NFL and it's not widespread, I can make that comment and you're like the whole league is racist. Not saying that, nope, not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is the things that you just pointed out are things that have to be addressed for Roger Goodell and the NFL. It's it's kind of like when you talk about police brutality, right? Some will take it as well. Hood saying that the the entire police department across the country, all every police department, um, is racist against people of color. It's not the case. No, you 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 cannot be extreme on anything the only thing that you could be extreme on in this case is that it is wrong for a police officer to kill an unarmed black man or anybody of color um just because you can uh excessive force is wrong for anybody but it's just the the numbers and the stories are overwhelming with black people same thing here by Fangio saying that he does not see racism at all in the NFL in all these cases. If you were to present him with all those cases, Davis, what do you think that he would say? Because all those points you made were well founded. When you talk about um, the quarterback issue that has been something that has been around in the NFL for a long time, the bias that has been against a black quarterback it has gotten so much it has gotten better now than it has been in years past. Um, you talk about Richie Incognito. That was a, a huge story, huge story. That was also um, dealing with race. All these things that you laid out are things that are, uh, that are
4: relevant. You think Fangio knows anything about any of those stories? No, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's very well aware of those stories. He just chooses to turn his head away from them and not discuss them. He wants to go ahead and keep the image and the shield of the NFL as clean as it's always been. Perception wise, how about in, in, uh, so, (laughs) you know what, you know what caught me at the end of that, that audio we heard What's that when Vic Fangio said, if the world mirrored the NFL, it would be great. Well, if you look at the, if you look at the NFL, it actually mirrors the world. (laughs) That's, that's the point. It does mirror the world. And Uh, I don't think it's that great. Not that I'm saying it, no, things aren't great right now.
0: I will not put myself in the cancel culture uh but I will say that uh if i'm one of if I'm on his team, I would give to him definitely a side eye and probably have a closed door conversation with him because if I'm not mistaken, was Fangio did he play was was he a coach with the forty ers while Kaepernick was on the team? I need to check that out. I think he was. I need to check that out. I don't, I'm I'm speaking off the top of my head, so I don't know. You have you'd have to confirm that for me, but I believe that he was, I believe that he was part of the coaching staff while Kaepernick was there. Well, again, there, there is a a issue there with, with Kaepernick, you know? So, so it's just, I can't say that I'm surprised anymore. When you hear stories like this, Yeah, you're correct. He was there
4: 2010. Okay. For this time with the Bears. So, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so it's another example of him being a witness and being a part of
0: so i'm not very good at uh at being fangio's defense attorney no
4: not at all i tried
0: not i'm just telling all. you like he I, I said he said that he doesn't see it in the nfl at all and, and play that again because i want people to be able to get the context of what we're talking about here again
5: i think our problems in the nfl along those lines are minimal um we're a league of uh, meritocracy. You, you earn what you get. You get what you earn. Um, I don't see um, racism at all in the NFL. I don't see discrimination in the NFL. You know, we live in a great atmosphere, like I alluded to earlier. We're lucky. We, we all live together, joined as one for one common goal and we all intermingle and mix tremendously. You know, if the uh, society reflected an NFL team, we'd all be great.
0: Maybe from the standpoint, maybe from the standpoint of being together as a team, yes, but the, he's got to be able to dig a lot deeper than just, hey, the offense and defense and the special teams all get along in this locker room. It's more than that. It's, gotta be, it's more than that. He's just got to realize that.
4: <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing. Yeah, in the world, though, there is no big check and in Super Bowl at the end of the rainbow to bring us together. Right. Yeah, There's no <laughs> motivation like that in the real world.
0: Sorry. <laughs> God, it's just, uh, that's just completely out of touch. The answer to the question is that we can all be better as a society. Unless you feel comfortable in your cul-de-sac, in your home, the, in your circle, that everything is fine, everything is not fine. Everything can be better. And by the way, that's ongoing. There is no there is no utopia where it says, well, we've reached this part of our lives now that everything is perfect because we did not live in Pleasantville. We know that if, that everything is not going to be perfect, but you can strive for that. Every generation can strive for that, for it to be better, where we can be able to get along just fine um but people have deep-seated root uh, deep-seated um questions about race questions about people and feeling that if in my circle in my on my block in my neighborhood in my circle of friends everything is fine everything is fine and that we're seeing here in new york and chicago and la all these other places they're the crazy ones They're the crazy ones. Why should things change? Everything's fine. Everything's not fine. This is why it's a story today. And across this country, people are upset. They're disappointed. They're saddened because they want to see change. Why can't we just be able to be together? Why does it have to be a separation of police and, and black people in this country? The the divide has to be able to come together at, at, at some point. If not together, definitely closer. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Moose is next.
1: This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter. At Hood. Wrestling fans, are you is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all,
0: Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goof. That's what I think you are.
5: Yeah, I put it, I know I put it, but I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow
1: the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday.
5: The bottom line is, in all my magnificent, you're going to be mine all night
1: long. Here's Jonathan Hood. Moose goes for the cover on Hernandez. And Moose is victorious at Rebellion. Here's your winner, Moose. New announced the right way. Moose wants a different championship, championship announcement.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, here is your winner, TNA World Heavyweight
0: Champion, Moose! Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Every Tuesday at 9.30, we give you something pro wrestling, give you something sports entertainment, and uh, glad that you're with us here uh, on this Tuesday. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at uh, WrestlingTWT. Also, our YouTube page, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Our special guest is from Impact Wrestling. He is my and your TNA World Champion. Moose is joining us here on ESPN 1000 for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Moose, Jonathan Hood, thank you so much for your time.
2: Thanks for having me, man. I was hoping I didn't have to um, make you stop and redo it and um, introduce me as the TNA heavyweight. Um champion, but you did your job. You did it great, man.
0: Yeah. What who, who you think you're talking about? Dave Penzer? You ain't talking to Dave Penzer, it's me. I got you.
2: You're my champion. you're my champion. So you of know, course
0: I, of course you know I'm gonna get that right.
2: Yeah, I'm the I'm the real world champion.
0: Right. The real world champion. No, I I know. I'm I know yeah. I I know. So I, I made sure I practiced that in the mirror several times before I, I called you.
2: Uh, my man. We need to um get you down to Impact Wrestling. And maybe give Dave Penza a night off and have you introduce me.
1: <laughs> he keeps getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know. He's he's
0: always looking. He looks very shocked when you have to keep uh, correcting him. Moose, I, I, I'm watching the show every Tuesday. It's amazing. Like you keep telling him the same right. thing, he don't listen.
2: Yeah, doesn't doesn't listen. Well, I mean, I'll I'll tell you now. Just keep keep watching it. it, it our interactions get even more entertaining here in the next few weeks. Okay.
0: Well tell me Moose, how's life for you right now? As as TNA world champion, as as, as the real world champion, how's life for you overall right now?
2: Um life is life is um is great, man. I mean I know we've had a rough two thousand twenty the world has. But um other than that, man, um, life is good, man. Um I feel like I'm I'm hitting my stride here at Impact Wrestling. Um have given me a, a great opportunity, um, and I've, I've taken the ball. I'm running with it. You know, um, um, just trying to get better, and um, every day um, that's my mindset when I wake up. Um, work my work my butt off, and um, be the best moose that I can be.
0: Moose, you tweeted that my passion and emotions are a blessing and a curse. What makes that so?
2: Uh, because. Um, what something about me is I, I work so hard, and um, every time I wake up, it's all about how can I get better and what can I do in my game to make me more entertaining or how can I get faster or how can I get stronger. But in the reverse side of it, I annoy a lot of people because I'm always calling people to ask questions. And, um, I mean, B-Lo, B-Lo could tell you, like, Um, After a while, he gets tired of seeing my name or his um, call ID because I I keep calling him. Same thing with um, some of my my other um, bosses like Scott. So it's like um, as persistent as I am to be better, it comes with a large form of annoyance
0: well that's that's not a bad thing you got a scott demore who's been in the business for a long time and d'lo brown in a, a lot of ways a pioneer in our business so i can understand why you're reaching out to them um so it might be a, it, they might get tired of seeing your name but at least you are trying to to pick the brain of those that uh came before you
2: yeah right so i mean um that's just one thing with me is like um like I, I truly truly believe that that um, my passion is also uh, is also um, a curse, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Moose is the real world champion of TNA. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand, the ESPN Chicago app. You can watch Impact Wrestling every Tuesday uh, at seven o'clock Central Time uh, on Access TV. Um, Moose, do you can you recall the match that you had in your career where you thought, man? Everything's clicking for me right now. You saw something that you thought, okay, I could do this for a living. What 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 match in which you said, boy, this is I'm really good at it right now.
2: Um, you know, you know what's so funny? Um, I'll be quite honest. I haven't, I didn't start really thinking, believing that I was good in wrestling until after I had, um, I had my, I don't know, before I had my feud with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Or, I, no, it was right before then, I went to um, Noah on the tour. Me and Eddie went um, to Noah on the tour because, um, you know, we have our partnership with um, Impact Wrestling, has a partnership with Noah Wrestling. And I remember that, that um, the last day I was there, I had a, um, a match against Segura, I think his name is. And um, I remember after that match, I went to the back and all the guys, like, did like a standing ovation or whatever because and I, I know this is a big in America, um, at least with Impact Wrestling or other companies I work for, a tradition when you know you and all the boys clap for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um it was one of those things that I never knew that was a tradition in Japan. But I had this match with Segura, at Noah, um, and as soon as I got to the back, all the boys clapped for me, and like, in my mind, I was like, you know what, I think I'm actually good in this professional wrestling thing.
0: Yeah. There was always, there's something always, it just clicked for you, huh?
2: Yeah, it clicked for me. Um, And I mean, you you gotta think about it, I've had guys like Eddie Edwards, which he's a good friend of mine who's has always been like a mentor to me. I've had guys like Scott Damore, who was one of my trainers, who's always been like, one thing about Scott, Scott never gives you a compliment. So he's always on you and on you and on you and on you. And that mm-hmm. kind of drives you to work even harder. And I've wrestled some of the best wrestlers in the world, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, yeah, just to mention, like I feel like Eddie Edwards is, Definitely uh, a key in my growth, especially since I've been with Impact Wrestling. I remember going in that six-week or five-week tour in Noah with him. Definitely was a big growth in my career.
0: Moose, as we have our conversation, we're a 100 days away from the NFL season officially starting. At least that's the, the date, right? And so there's a good possibility that in the NFL, they, that some of the teams, if not all the teams, may start with no fans. And you've already performed in front of, of no fans at Impact Wrestling. How, how difficult is that when you're so, so trying to get connected to the fans, but yet during this pandemic there haven't been any fans? So how difficult is that as a performer?
2: Um, it's definitely difficult. Um, what I tell people is hard, but you can use it as a learning um, as a as a learning point. It's hard in the sense that um, the comparison of wrestling in front of no fans is like doing is like working out. Is like it, I mean, working out is really 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 tough because it's like one of those things where it's like going to the gym with no headphones. Have you ever mm-hmm. done that before? Yeah,
0: it's weird because I'm hearing everybody's conversation, and then Young and the it's Wrestlers weird. is on TV. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah and you have to find that motivation to get you going in that workout, and that's what wrestling in front of no fans is. is like It's very hard, and you you have to to find that motivation to keep going in that match and keep trying to entertain the people that's actually watching at home. That you're, you know, but um, but the learner point. And doing that is um, I know there are things that you don't think about that you need to do and you take for granted that fans are there that you totally forget about, like your mannerisms and your vocals and things that you say. But wrestling in front of no fans make you have to do those things um, It makes you have to, uh, to, to work on your vocals and work on – on your mannerisms and things you're gonna say while you're wrestling, because if you don't do those things, then it's just gonna be dead quiet in your match. You know, and you don't want that. So I, I kind of I'm using this time wrestling in front of those fans as to to work on my game and um, make my game even better for when we are able to wrestle in front of fans.
0: Well, Moose, on the football field, you you kind of need that adrenaline, whether you're home or road. At home, you get that support. On the road, there's you know you have thousands and thousands of fans that are against you. So either way you got an adrenaline rush. I wonder what that's gonna be like for, for those that, that play football to know that more than likely there won't be fans in the stands.
2: Oh yeah, I, I I mean when I saw like the NBA like checked out and um canceled the season or suspended the season and all these other sport and leagues um suspended the season I already knew when the NFL came back there's no way that was gonna have fans in, in their state and same thing with college like and it's going to be it's going to be tough for them but i guess at that at that point we're going to see who the who the real better teams are because you understand a lot of games in the nfl was won because of home field advantage and mm-hmm. because of the crowd noise now you're eliminating the crowd noise and you just having not mono or mono, mono you know so we'll, we'll really see what teams are better i guess this super bowl we'll really see who the best team is right
0: yeah, no question. All always comes down to that. As uh, so we talk to the real world champion, uh, TNA uh, World Champion Moose, with us here on ESPN One Thousand on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, you can watch Impact Wrestling every Tuesday at seven PM Central Time again on Access TV. You know who's really underrated, Moose, a guy that you know and Mister Hughes. That guy was so underrated um, when he when he was a worker in the late '80s, early '90s. What was it like to to know him personally?
2: Um, I mean, I wanna say I know Curtis um, personally. I know he's one of the guys who trained me very early on in my, um, and, um, coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good trainer. I mean, um, when people ask me the question on who trained me, um, I usually tell them Scott, because, um, I, I think it's a big difference. I think Curtis showed me how to do moves, mm-hmm. um, what Scott. Told me why to do moves and the psychology on on everything, you know. So I think that that's a big difference. But to answer your question, I, I personally didn't know Curtis. Um, we didn't really have a personable uh, a personable relationship. It was just one of those things where um, I went to WWE four and he was running it, and um, half the time he wasn't even the one training you. You know,
1: yeah,
2: he was just like the the figurehead of the school.
0: Musa, I I really am enjoying uh, the status of Impact Wrestling. You have your own night alone on Tuesday nights on on uh Access TV. How would you describe the state of the company right now?
2: Oh, it's great, man. Um I think one of the best things that could have happened to Impact Wrestling was uh, when Dixie sold it to um Anthem Sports and um Scott and Don and ed took over the company um and you can just see with with how the shows have been the last what was that three years ago um how better it's been getting week after week after week and the growth we've made since 2017 has is, is all been upwards you know um so i'm, I'm happy to be part of the company I, and i can't wait to see how bigger we get um we get
0: you continue to have big reactions i was in the house in chicago when you took on ken shamrock and when your your music hit the like the the thousands of fans that were there were really into you uh and and your your presence what does that feel like because i don't think i know i'll never have that feeling but you have had that many times in the wrestling business what is that like when fans are just behind you as soon as you hit the curtain
2: um it, uh, it's, it's definitely um a great feeling man surreal um sometimes it's very surreal um it shows. Um, it just shows um, how much of a star power I guess they think that I have, with especially being a bad guy and, you, and your music hit. And as much as they hate you, they can't. They can't help but to cheer for you, you know. And that and just shows. Um, I, I, I just shows how it worked, man. As I busted my ass this last seven years to get to the point that. I, that I, that i am right now and i'm I'm still working i'm still not exactly where i want to reach and be at in my career so it's still a, it's still a long road and a long um t- some more wood to chop you know to get to what i'm trying to get to man
0: yeah moose i mean everybody's trying to classify you as a bad guy i just think as a moose fan i just think that you're just misunderstood they don't understand like i understand
2: i mean, you know, I, I I like you a lot, man. I, I feel like this interview you're you're growing on me. I see. I I like that you get me, and all those stupid fans who boo me they don't they don't get me.
0: Yeah, I know, Moose. They don't understand, man. They don't understand like you know the aura of Moose that you're the real world champion, and that you're you're doing it for us, man. You're performing yeah. for us.
2: There should be shower went shower showering me with gifts, man. I mean, I'm the real world champion. Like I showed up to work with all this craziness to, to lift my company and to be, to show, show impact the right way to be the savior. And like, and what do I get for? They boo me. They still boo me. I mean, they don't, they don't get it.
0: They don't get it Moose. I'm sorry. At least you got to go through that. At least that's you okay. Get it, Jonathan. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I understand. Um, can you tell me who's yeah. man Moose? Like, so at this point in time in 2020, you have like the best robes in the business. Who's doing your robes?
2: Well, I have I have a few designers. Um, the one thing about it, I can't have one designer um, because then every robe looks the same. And one thing you've noticed, they all look different. Every single robe looks different, and that's because I have a, a few different designers making them. That's pretty dope, man. I think the count, dope. the road, the road count now is at fourteen.
0: No, fourteen. It's like yeah. I think. <laughs> road, but it's like if you went if you went on the road, you could take like a few of them, right? If you wanted to.
2: Um, I used to when uh, when I when I started doing the whole road thing, I used to take like two or three each each um, show, just so I could take them out. But I got lazy in the sense that I'm like. Man, I don't want to carry an extra suitcase. Like, so now, now I only pack one because it's easier to pack all my things. When I only have one robe taking up space in my bag. You know.
0: I no, I I completely understand, man. You, I mean, the, the real world champion yeah. needs comfort, so I understand.
2: Yeah, I mean, but um, I, I I just ordered a couple of new ones, so I mean, I don't know, maybe the next loop of, loop of tapings, I might grab a couple and stuff in my bag.
0: I, I hear what you're saying, man.
2: Well, let me, but I got to ask you this. It's just one of those things when when I order one, as soon as I pay for it, then I have another idea for a new robe. And I'm like, damn, I just ordered this one. But now I have a better idea. Oh, I'm going to order another one. It's like, <laughs> once you get one, you, 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 I'm, I'm like addicted. So it. it's like, getting a robe is like getting a tattoo. You get addicted.
0: Right. I, I totally understand. Is there something that you have not accomplished that you would love to in Impact Wrestling?
2: Hmm, good question. I mean, I've been a world champion. Yes. You know what? One thing I, I, I would like to do, um, because his name came up a, a few weeks ago at a podcast that um, that I did, an interview that I did. Eric Young, I know he's a Grand Slam champion at Impact Wrestling. Um, and, I mean, I've been challenging him for, for a match for a while now. and I see he's a free agent, I mean. Hopefully he comes back home to Impact Wrestling. But to answer your question, being a Grand Slam champion is one thing I would like to accomplish.
0: That means that you got to share the spotlight with somebody, right? I mean, you. I mean, listen. You. You. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. I mean, being the world champion is the kingpin. But I mean, what else do you I mean? What else do you want? What you want to do I mean,
2: because. I, 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 oh. So I would like to hold the X-Division title at some point. I would like to hold um, be a a tag team champion at some point. I mean, I already have the World Championship. I guess I might just have to win the Impact World title to be uh, the only – and I don't know if this is true, but Ross, Ross, I know you're there. What do you think? If I was to win the Impact World Championship, the X-Division Championship – the tag team championship, and I'm right now I'm the current TNA heavyweight world champion. Would, wouldn't that make me the only guy who won every single title in Impact history? Is that I think right, so. Ross?
0: It's, it's like I know. I think Ross knows that. I think he's got the uh, he's got the history of that. Uh, but then, if you're a tag team champion, Moose, that means you got to share the spotlight with somebody. Do you really want to share the spotlight with somebody? I mean, you're Moose, man. You
2: walk alone. Uh, I mean, to accomplish my goal, just something I have to do once. Yeah, when the you know championship, what? I might, and- I might win those titles and just relinquish them right after I win, and just the I want it. <laughs> you never know. I'm that, I'm that type of guy.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. I've watched you. I know you're that type of guy. So, uh, Impact Wrestling uh, every Tuesday on Access TV at seven o'clock uh, Central Time, you can watch two hours of Impact. Uh, and uh, Moose, it has been my pleasure to be able to talk to my world champion here today on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.
2: Oh, thanks! Thanks for having me, man. Once again.
0: Thank you. As, uh, Moose with us here. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling TWT. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.
1: This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hi, everybody. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. This
2: is Chicago's home for sports.
1: Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all new ESPN Chicago app.
2: You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN
0: 1000. Our thanks to you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000. Our thanks to Sean Davis on the other side of the glass, Moose and Robert Latau, uh, who's with us, and also got a chance to get a chance to talk to uh, Jamal Cole that was on the program as well. Full show tomorrow between 7 and 10. Make sure that you're with us for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood.
1: This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.